Welcome back to Country Conversations. My name is Joey, and as always, I'm joined by... Hey, man, it's Chris over here tonight. What's going on, Joey? Not much, man. We've got a fun one planned for tonight. We have a special guest that's came on the show, singer-songwriter Adam Church. How you doing, Adam? Hey, I'm doing well, guys. How are y'all doing tonight? Doing yeah, we're good, good, man. Really we good, good. Man. Excited, excited to talk to you. Yeah, Absolutely. appreciate y'all having me out. I'm, I'm stoked. It's going to be a good little night here for you. Most and definitely, too, man. <laughs> Heck yeah. So Adam, let's go ahead and just roll right into it. Why don't you uh, talk a little bit about your musical journey and kind of how you got started playing music and uh, we'll go from there. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess I was three years old where it all kind of started. My dad was driving around in his old, his old red 1990 Chevy truck, like stick shift. And I remember Curtis Lowe by Leonard Skinner came on the radio. My dad was like, son, this song's going to be on the radio when you're 70 years old. So I like never like look back from that moment. And I'm like, holy cow, I like play that at all my acoustic shows. And it's like that song. And for me, with that relationship with my dad, that built like this thing in me of wanting to do music. And I guess got into like the classic rock thing through my dad and first concert was actually Nickelback and everyone's going to hate on that, but don't knock them till you've seen them live. That's all that's I got to right. say about that. That's right, man. I, I feel like Nickelback, <laughs> Nickelback's going to, they're going to have their, uh, their bounce back moments. Yeah, soon, I feel, they I get feel some like. unwarranted hate though. Honestly, silver side yeah, yeah. was a solid project. Yeah, for sure. Like when I saw him, it was like Oh six and like photograph and just came out <laughs> and all that. But oh, yeah. it was like, hinder just had lips of an angel go number one i think or something that year and then it was like chevelle and huba stink on the bill that was 2006 but oh wow fast, do, do you know which uh which venue that was dude it was knoxville tennessee uh thompson bowling arena show oh yeah oh yeah. nice good good times there it was 16 i was 16 then and then i was still i got into eric church like to come back around to why I'm doing this and why I'm here. But I was, uh, I guess, getting off the school bus at my grandma's house my sophomore year of high school before I had a car. And so I saw, turned CMT on and saw this dude, Eric Church on there with like this mullet and like just down home looking guy and the two pink lines music video was on. I was like, who is this guy? So I looked him up and started getting into Eric Church and loved every single one of his songs from the get-go from Sinners Like Me. And he ended up, uh, my senior year at Watauga High School in Boone, he ended up playing a concert at Legends, the local venue on campus, and did the Carolina album release party. Jonathan oh, wow. Singleton and The Grove ended up opening the show. And like fast forward, Jonathan, I'm now friends with and write with him, which is crazy to that night that he opened for Eric and he was there doing all that with him. Wow. And uh, but that was the night in 2009 when I saw Eric play in my hometown when I was 18 and just got out of baseball practice and went there and saw Eric and that did it gets into where Luke Combs my good buddy was at Appalachian State in his dorm and his roommate went to the show as a freshman when I was still in high school so I don't know any of these people at this <laughs> point and Luke's roommate reports back to him his name was Andy Stoker and uh so that's how Luke, that show got Luke into Eric Church from the Carolina album. And I was already into him. And that night I was like, I want to play music. So wow. I go to 
play baseball ETSU in college in Johnson City, Tennessee for a year and end up quitting there, going to community college in Wilkes and making my way back to Boone and to App and started playing gigs and some shows locally around town. And Luke hit me up on Facebook Messenger because I had an Appalachian State hat on and a, a YouTube video. And he was like, dude, we should collab and hang out. And he had never played shows or did. He'd written like a couple songs at that point, like none of the ones y'all hear today. But like, that's how we ended up meeting was me starting out doing my thing and Boone and him seeing me with what he wanted to do. And that's how that all kind of started. I don't want to go into crazy too much more, but I mean, <laughs> on this good, first man. question, but literally that's going play by play. That's of good. how I'm here, man. That's so that's good. a good start, so, I guess. So you're telling us that the famous picture of Luke standing there at the air show, you were at that show. Oh, dude. Uh, that was at, the, at Coyote Joe's, and yeah. I was dating ex-girlfriend at the time. <laughs> like, good, good girl. She's doing well in life and happy for her and everything. Good. She's a good human, but uh, went with her and ended up uh, – Luke ended up going with our friend Emily Peel, and he had, I guess, an in. I think his uncle or cousin worked there. So I was like, went, got in line, and I knew he was coming down. And I think they actually got into like a car wreck on the way, maybe or something, but they were all fine. They get there somehow. And I just see Luke and my friend Emily walking by me, and we're like probably 20 people from the front. And I'm just like, Luke. And he was like, looks at me. It's like, dude, sorry, man. I was <laughs> like, dude, you crazy. But he actually ended up getting on the front row with her like right in front of Eric. And I was on the second row about 10 feet from Luke to like, if you look at that picture, I'm to like the left, I guess a little bit, but yeah, man, that was life changing moment for me and him to see Eric acoustic in that light for sure. That's wow. amazing, man. Yeah, <laughs> that we're, that we is are amazing both. to hear you tell that story. Wow. Yeah. To hear the story behind the photo, man. That's cool. We, uh, we're both <laughs> huge church fans too. Uh, Eric, Eric is the guy, man. I'm telling He's you. He's the guy, man. I wouldn't be doing this. I always say that at my shows, too. And like, I know Luke feels the same way, but it's like, I wouldn't be up here if it wasn't for Eric Church's music and his, like, whatever he had, his songwriting, his demeanor, his, I guess, authenticity, as everyone else would say. But he was just so real, man. Didn't have to be the best singer or, or guitar player or anything. And I just loved everything he was and still do. So, looking back at, you know, at your story and Luke's story and Rob's story and probably a hundred other people's story. I mean, you really yeah. think, you, you really think about Eric. I mean, he's, he will definitely go down as the most influential artist of the last 15 years. I would, I would think, especially on the other people in the, in the country music community. hundred percent. You gave me chills. You saying those words. I'm like, Holy cow. That's so true. <laughs> so many artists could say that like Luke Ray Fulcher I know like you said Rob Williford yeah. like Ray Fulcher is the same way like I think he heard lightning for the first time and was like holy cow this is insane yeah. so uh, yeah. it's crazy looking back on that did you dive into kind of the Eric's kind of you know songwriting and his and just kind of the the magic behind the songs and then and then you know that kind of led you all to start doing that kind of stuff or what was kind of the connective tissue of getting inspired by eric and that music at that time and then kind of what you did and what you and luke did together yeah i guess um i mean from hearing eric's first songs like the sinners like me album i was just kind of taken up like back of like wow all these songs are super relatable 
to me, like even at 31, I'm a dad and happily married man to my wife, Lauren. Now, like, like I look back now at 18, like 16 to 18, when I listen to Eric, like all those songs, even talking about heartbreak and all that kind of stuff, even resonated with me dating a girl and going in and out of a relationship for like three years. And it was uh, Can't Take It With You was the song that really got me going I guess saw when I saw it live for the first time and I would just broken up with her to like I guess focus on other things and just kind of figure myself out as far as going to college to play baseball and wanting to like maybe do music stuff but didn't know how to play guitar yet that was kind of where I was at but can't take it with you captured me like that night he played in my hometown at Legends and I was like that's what I want to do I want to do what he's doing So other people like me can feel this emotion, this thing, this hope to like keep carrying on. If I don't have her, I'm okay. If I do have her, I'm okay. I kind of think. And that's, uh, I mean, I guess bringing that back to your last part of the question about Luke. I mean, I know that night, even though he wasn't there, is what got him into country music again, really from as a kid. Because I think him, just like most of us, we were all into like the, I don't know, he was a big R&B guy, and I was into really, I'm still into a lot of rock music. I still listen to Papa Roach and all that stuff, and classic rock, whatever. Alice yeah. in Chains, that's my jam. But I think it goes to show, like how, like you're saying before, how influential of a human and writer and the writing process of Eric through telling these songs. That's what I got into, and like Luke really got into as well while we were in college. We weren't like, didn't start out writing songs together. Like we were playing cover songs for a long time and kind of oh, yeah. get my feet wet with everything. But I guess we were really ultimately drawn to like, say, say Jonathan Singleton, who opened for Eric. And now Luke's written Beer Never Broke My Heart with that guy. And I've written my first single I put out this year, When the Sun Goes Down on a Small Town with him, which yep. was a total dream scenario. But that's why um, maybe that answers kind of that whole question there. But. Yeah, man, it's a yeah, it's a lot to think man. about, and it's a lot of <laughs> cool good. stuff. Is is happening? Is Legend still there? Is it still a local man. place that they do shows at? Man, it is. It's totally ran by the campus now, and I'll never like want to throw them under the bus for now because we've got to open for Luke in there when he's come back and did get to play my own show in there back in 2014. But I think it's changed hands, and the way that it's ran is like student organizations can book a show like a frat could book us but there's so many security like hoops and stuff to jump over but we we just booked the Appalachian Theater which is always a cool venue in town and we're hoping legend sees that of how successful this is in November and wants to book us for the spring but yeah legends is there it'd be a dream come true to get back in there anyone listen to this podcast legends Boone, north carolina adam church band we'll be there there you go man we'll play on the roof we don't care <laughs> there we go that's, that's awesome man. yeah that's that sweet awesome. so i know you mentioned writing that your single with jonathan singleton what was that process like man how did obviously we kind of know how you linked up there that was going to be one of my questions actually was about that song but i know yeah. you said it was kind of like a dream scenario but could you just walk us through that process and what that collaboration was like with you guys writing this yeah so I'd had a, a little sit down with Luke last year about just kind of the direction of like, and usually when we hang out, it's all like, turn the music off. I know that dude just wants to hang out with his buddy and like, just be normal, which I can totally start to relate to now where I'm 
I'm at, like I'm not anything and I'm not famous by any means, but I can totally see a guy like that that needs to turn it off and, and just do the priorities when it comes down to it here and there. And music is the priority, but for him, I mean, with family and all that, it is what it is. And I guess for, uh, for Singleton coming into the picture, sat down with Luke, I guess, ultimately, and was like, hey, man, he's like, what do you, told me, he's like, what do you want like to do out of all this? And I'm like, man, I just want to make a living writing songs, playing music. And if I could make 50 to 60 grand a year doing this thing, I'd be completely happy. And he was like, dude, keep that attitude. That's the way to be. And I guess um, so a few months go by from that. And I get a few calls from, from Dan Isbell, who's one of Luke's main writers and good buddies from the brothers hunt. And he's produced my, my EP that I've got coming out and my singles now, but I got into a room booked through them with Jonathan Singleton and Eric Dillon, who's a big time songwriter as well. Big Chiefs fan. I'm a huge Kansas City Chiefs fan, too. But um, man, it was just rough, rough week for you. Yeah, <laughs> that was an amazing game, man. <laughs> game of the week. I can't hate it. I, I can't no, hate it, man. It's, we're going to see that again. We're going to see that again in January. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's going to be a battle. I guess the last thing on Jonathan, though, I mean, I always knew I'd met him a couple times through Luke over the years. So he already knew who I was a little bit. And it just so happened that I got this end to a ride at 50 egg, which is Luke and Jonathan's co-venture publishing company and just got a right with Jonathan. And I was like, this is insane. I was like freaking out, calling people, called Ray Fulcher, even Luke is like, I'm writing with the guy today, man. I'm writing with Jonathan. Like it's a huge deal for me, like a dream come true to, to write a song with this guy. Yeah. And that's kind of what ha- we wrote the first time we hung out. We wrote when the sun goes down on a small town in like two to three hours. And I knew from that day, I was like, I want to put this out. And my producer at the time now and still producing my stuff. And he's more of a number one big songwriter, but Dan is great guy. Loved the guy. But he was like, yeah, we should release that first. And that's kind of what happened, man, play by play of getting to meet him and just seeing it all full circle happen in that writer's room to me, putting the song out with his name on it. Wow. is all I got to say. That's amazing, man. I love it. It's a <laughs> yeah. smash, too. Dude, it's uh, it's gotten, I wouldn't say as much traction as I thought it would out of the gate, but at the same time with how new I've been releasing music on Spotify and Apple and all that, that I know you just got to stay consistent and it'll, it'll keep flowing. TikTok game's huge now and got to keep that up, but that's a whole nother thing to consider for a lower uh, maintenance, lower key guy like me to to tap into, but we're getting there. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely, man. One (laughs) step at a time. Let's jump back. You're in Boone now, right? Yeah. So, I'm here with my wife and three-year-old daughter in Boone now. Have you been bouncing back and forth between Boone and Nashville? Dude, bouncing back and forth, looking to try to move out there, hopefully by next year, maybe, depending on how things go. All my band dudes are still here, and it's super awesome. Like, I know a lot of the dudes out in Nashville, they don't even see their band dudes, but thankfully, I can have my dudes here, and they're all committed and improved a lot i've they've helped me improve a lot but yeah we're we're out of boone and i'm driving say every two to three weeks writing songs of people in nashville is my main thing to keep my publishing going and just try to build my catalog up the best i can how far of a drive is that for you 
dude, it's not bad. Five. I've got it down to a science. It's like two turns <laughs> from my house, five and a half hours of traffic's good. There you go. And, uh, I usually go out on a Tuesday morning at 4.30 a.m. I'll write a song that Tuesday morning and do like a writer's round or go support some friends. And then I'll write Wednesday at like 11 a.m., be done at four and roll back to Carolina, get two songs of some published songwriters and just keep keep trucking. <clears throat> That's awesome. I'm backpedaling a little bit more. So you were no, in, you're good. You were in Nashville before, right? And then yeah, moved back home. I, I read a little bit about that. So do you want to tell that story to our listeners? Yeah. So long story short, moved to Nashville in 2017. And uh I've got a whole song called Long Shot that kind of paints this picture. I'll tell you all about soon. But yeah, moved there in 2017 and started living with, it was mine and Luke's, the Luke Combs band, first manager, and he's our great buddy, Sam Crabtree, works with Riley Green now and does stuff with him, but he's uh, actually a really great songwriter as well, and uh, used to work with the Muscadine Bloodline Camp and all those guys, but just a good dude to know around Nashville and just a good buddy to really welcome anybody to the town and be a good dude, so Moved out there, started working at the golf course, Bell Mead Country Club in Nashville, Vince Gill. I'd say we're friends. I don't hit the guy up or anything, but he was there and just the normalest guy ever. And like kind of put a good taste in my mouth of like, man, if Vince Gill's at this country club doing this and he's this cool, it's like, man, this is yeah, cool. You, you might have got spoiled though. I think Vince is probably the nicest guy in Nashville and he plays golf every day. <laughs> That's what I've heard, I think, too. But he would, he's a beast, of course. I think like what he would tell me, you'd always have to offer him a cart, but he would always walk out with like, his five o'clock shadow. And I and he would always be like, I was like, Vince, do you want a cart, man? He was like, Man, you know the drill. He's like, I just need to walk my fat ass around nine holes and get out of here. Like literally, that's all he would say. And he was oh the nicest gosh. dude. And he he signed my guitar one time when I like took it, like snuck it in to work. And I was like, I'm gonna get Vince to sign this today. They're like, No, you won't. And he was like, He's like, Yeah, I'll sign it. He's like, That wears off. Just let me know, and I'll bring it back and I'll sign it again. So top <laughs> that's top awesome, notch, man. dude. You can't beat that. That is awesome. So you were there 2017. So kind of what happened next? Yeah, so 2017, moved to Tennessee, and I guess 2018, I got the invite, and I'm yet to, a lot of people don't know this, but so I went to an Avenged Sevenfold Breaking Benjamin Bullet from my Valentine concert in Bridgestone Arena. It was January 11th or 12th, January 12th, 2018, and uh, ended up falling through the bleachers behind the stage and, like, woke up to Nashville uh like firemen like waking me up be like hey man are you okay are you alive and it's like I just literally fell through the bleachers I had no idea what happened I just know I hit the ground super hard it's like a 15 20 foot fall through the bleachers at Bridgestone and I went to emergency surgery at Vanderbilt like got taken in a an ambulance so I cut my clothes off me and they were like dude you got a broken leg man so I didn't even look I didn't even feel it and so I'd wrote this song like four months before with my buddy, Sam Crabtree and Matt Wallace. He's still Matthews, like Jelly Rolls guy. And uh, God, Jordan Fletcher is actually a writer on that song too. And uh, it was like called Going Back to Carolina. And so that song, like I was missing all my family back home. And like even now, I'd start, I started playing Broadway pretty consistently in that 
like first year at the end and writing songs and hanging out with Nate Frederick. He was my good buddy too. I worked at the same golf course with him, but yeah, ended up writing the going back to Carolina song and I ended up going back to Carolina (laughs) and it's, uh, I'd had my fiance like at the time still back home and she would drive out and see me and I'd go back every two to three weeks and ended up reuniting us and we ended up having a daughter and I moved to Charlotte, North Carolina after I recovered worked a little bit and got on my feet and it's kind of crazy man there's a lot more to that whole that whole story but that's me going to nashville and me exiting nashville 2017 to 2018 (laughs) that's hey man it's pretty wild it it takes a lot of people a lot of lot of times to go to nashville to go to nashville you know i mean I, i think rob williford went and came back home and went and maybe did it two or three times and you just never know Absolutely. Have you uh, heard any of the album that Rob's getting ready to drop? Dude, I have not, man. I know I always like see his stories and I know he's been working on that about as hard as anyone I've seen work with like the studio footage and like the little hints he drops. But Mm -hmm. if it's anything like Rob's style, how I know he's been who he's been working with, people are going to love it. I'm going to love it. Like I know. Like he probably doesn't even care if it's mainstream or anything or how it does. I think it's just more of a for him kind of thing and put it out there and, and just enjoy that because that's what it should music should be about. It's putting something out that you really believe in and want to do. And I'm supporting the guy. I'm gonna love it. Absolutely, man. It looks like he recorded down in Muscle Shoals. So I'm sure the history that was uh, surrounding him down there was pretty incredible. Dude, I bet so, man. I really can't wait to to hear all that. Speaking of new music in general, you recently put out a single, Matters More, and that is an awesome song, man. We we both are loving that one. Dang, I, I appreciate it. I really love that tune. And it's uh I think there's a lot more to come as far as that song getting discovered in life for sure. Absolutely. What was the uh inspiration behind that? Maybe tell our listeners who aren't familiar with the song kind of the backstory on that and what that recording process was like. Yeah, for sure. I went uh I went into Sony publishing and always look up and be like, like hanging, even hanging out with Luke in like 2012, 2013, 2014, looking up, like at these buildings like Sony and being like, man, I'd wish we were in there. And it's like, holy cow, now I'm getting to hang out in these rooms with these people. But now they're my friends. And it's like, it's just crazy to think about. I will never get over how it feels to be like where I thought I could never be. Like even just being a writer with the people with these guys. But anyways, <laughs> um, Matters More walked into Sony and they walked in. It was Jacob Lutz, who's one of my great buddies. I've written maybe about the most songs with him as far as published writers. He's with 50 Egg under Singleton and Luke at their publishing company and wrote it with Dan Isbell and Reed Isbell of the Brothers Hunt. Reed was with 50 Egg at the time. I think he's a free agent now, and Dan is with Sony, and obviously he's written a lot of Luke's hits. And now Luke and Reed now have the kind of love we make with Jamie Davis, who's also on a lot of my songs that we'll talk about maybe tonight or very near future. But so matters more. Dan had the idea when he walked in, we were thinking about, like, man, it's like, what about your first truck and your first shows and the things like that? But it's not even about that kind of stuff. And what it is, is you kind of look back on your life of getting older and just the things that really meant the most are like 
gave you a drive to keep going to do things like the things that mattered the most that matter more to you is yeah. literally what this whole song's about. It's almost as simple as you think it is, but there's a lot more to it when you listen to the lyrics, I guess, through the chorus. But I think it's a total longevity tune. Uh, you could listen to this song in 43 years from now and get the same feel, and it's just as irrelevant or just as relevant as it is in, in 2022. Absolutely. So um, I think Absolutely. that's that's kind of where it's at. We really believe in it. There's a lyric video that drops tomorrow on 1019 and there's a official full-blown music video for it coming out probably when we drop the ep soon so yeah where, where did that. you where did you guys film the video at so we filmed the video up in towards banner elk north carolina called uh, eagle's nest is the the development and played some shows there it's the best outdoor venue in north carolina and um man can't wait for y'all to see it <laughs> That's awesome, man. Did you record this in Nashville with Jonathan or or who was the producer? Yeah. Where'd you, where'd you so, record at? Yeah, so Dan Isbell produced all these these songs for my EP coming out, which is when the sun goes down and he's on matters more. Um, and we ended up recording. He's one of my great buddies now, but it was called the Safe House Sound out towards Franklin, Tennessee with a guy named Chris Utley. And he just got signed with Sony as a writer, but he's super rocky kind of guy and like loves corn and like all that kind of stuff that I like where it's like Dan kind of calms us down when we get in there. It's like, Oh, that's a rock song. It's like, we're, yeah. we're doing country music. It's like, I get it. I wish I could sing rock music and I'd be doing that, but maybe one day, but country is like the thing for me, as far as how I relate, how I grew up and, and that recording process is literally insane. Cause we've went and done all that with the same studio musicians and just seeing these guys go to work and just, come up with like i mean the stuff you hear that played on i think the guy that played bass was jules touring guitar or touring bassist um for a long time and like all these other dudes are just on all the stuff you hear i think a lot of luke's tracks are by the drummer jerry and uh yeah it's it's cool and now i'm friends with like a lot of these guys so it's like i know who i can go to record with as far as having that in for in nashville and just being comfortable there Absolutely, man. On a song like this, I mean, when you look back to the day that you guys wrote it, was it a quick write? Did it take the whole day? I mean, what are your memories on the day you guys wrote it? Man, it was very, honestly, very quick. Like, we knew the ideas just popped out when I started saying, this is my first truck. This is my first show. Might have been 20 people there. And, like, those lyrics all kind of just evolved with these grade a like a plus songwriters i was with with like the melodies they can come up with on the fly and just they can are all really great singers too and just uh not bad guitar players at that they'll all be like dude i'm not a guitar player but these dudes know what they've been doing some of them have written two to three to four thousand songs i'd say in their time in nashville or more and give or take and they just I appreciate that. Like the more I would stress to anybody in my shoes as an artist, it's like, God, I appreciate the writers. That's where the magic happens. This is literally where, where it happens is in the writer's room. I'm always wondering like the song that gets recorded, how close is the finished product to what you guys envisioned the day that you guys were writing it? Man, that's a, that's an interesting take because no one's ever asked me that as far as, how it goes from literally a demo or work, I guess it's a work tape. And in our case, we just, 
I think Reed Isbell had it on an acoustic guitar and just started playing a little riff and we just put the melody and the lyrics to it. And I would say melody wise, it's no different than how it was from the right. And it was like he, they were lay, laboring harmonies on it just on like just in real time, not with any like recording material like a lot of the rights will do and have like a demo cut with the right this was just bare bones demo acoustic guitar voice memo iphone and um it's kind of wild to see it go from like a phone on your phone and you learn it that way and play writers rounds and stuff and with your you show it to your band and you play it this bare bones kind of way and then when you get into the studio with these guys and Dan Isbell introduced me to all these guys, Chris Utley, who recorded our stuff and just uh, a lot of the musicians play on a lot of the stuff y'all hear on the radio and all that kind of stuff. But it's just, it's amazing to see it go from square one to a, a finished product, to even being mastered to truly finished. And you hear all the bells and whistles kind of come out and it's like, man, they added so much to it than we could have ever imagined, which is crazy, but it's, yeah, it's, it's a mind blowing thing. And going back to that point with the writers from, I was just, I guess, wrapping up from before it's uh, just treating those writers. That's where the magic happens. Like I was saying before, it's like gold, those relationships, because they can help a guy like me who I don't will ever think will be the best writer in the world. I just need to keep working on that craft and write more songs and learn from these guys to make my artistry and myself even better. So that's what I would stress to other people as far as that goes. But man, it's, it's crazy seeing it go from square one as a bare bones song to where it is released on all social platforms and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. It sounds like a very time consuming process, but it's worth it. Yeah. Yeah, I guess you were saying too, I mean, back to like the timing of like, I think we wrote Matters more in April and ended up putting that, putting it out this past, uh, I guess it was September. Um, so that was the about a six month process or so. And that seemed quick. So I know some songs, I think, sit there for like two to three to four years, maybe, or 10 years. And some sit there for a month or two and they cut them. I guess it's just different, but it's more than it's not going to happen overnight. I guess we'll say that. <laughs> yeah, most definitely. So obviously you and the band are playing shows again, but you got to do some of the, forgive me if I'm calling them by the wrong name, but like the bootlegger tailgate pre-parties. Oh man, Is that right? You're pretty accurate, man. There was bootlegger tailgate was the Saturday and we did the bootlegger pre-party was the Friday night with Luke. And it was, uh, yeah you go ahead and I'll, I'll jump into that with whatever you want to talk about on all that. Yeah, man. I was just going to ask what that experience was like. It seems like a lot of Luke's fans, you know, even ourselves gravitate towards your music and what you're doing as well. Cause you kind of, you guys are very relatable guys. Your music's relatable. So it's really what I think Luke fans would love. So um, what was that experience like for you and the band? Yeah, man, I, I'll go. I mean, it was literally the craziest thing going to Denver, Colorado. That was our first opportunity. And Cappy, Luke's manager, called me and was like, hey, man, got an idea to run by you that I'm about to chat with Luke about. And he gave me the rundown. We want to see you guys come play, bring your band to uh, Denver, Colorado, Seattle, Washington, Atlanta, Georgia. And I was like, we'll see you there. <laughs> um, for sure. um, but so I guess Denver was the craziest thing because I'd I'd never been personally I'd never been as far west as Nashville, Tennessee, until 
we went out there. I think it was May 20th was that show um, out there or so, May 19th, May 20th. And um, we had 900 people through the door, sold out show in Denver. And we had brought our four piece band just for travel's sake and, and all that. And it was uh, the time of our lives. We'll say that. Got to go to the stadium show the next day. And really what was cool is what I was like, why I got giddy about this opportunity to talk about this was the other artists that we get to meet through these opportunities that were on those, say, Whiskey Jam. It was the Whiskey Jam um, bootlegger tailgate. It was the Saturday. So like Bailey Zimmerman, before he even like, he was already blowing up a little then and back in May, but we got to hang out with him and he played a little bit on the Friday and played uh, his tailgate on the Saturday and uh, Megan Maroney got to hang out with her and we're friends now. Like she's busy doing her thing. And um, God, Nate Smith was out there too. He just popped in to play like a, an acoustic song and played his hit song that's out right now. And uh, we're just like, I'm friends with like some of these guys now just going through that process. And like Seattle was the same way. Callista Clark came out and I got to hang out with her dad and he was the man and she was so cool and like so kind of shy and innocent in a way of like seeing her and hearing her do her thing. But she's just like this normal person, like normal young girl that's like got it going on and has a good head on her shoulders. And um Fast forward into Atlanta, I got to officially meet and like I'd been hanging out with this dude, like talking to him for like years, just like kind of like me being a voice of like an older voice of him through like Luke and stuff that he wanted to get into. And now Dalton Dover is who I'm talking about. Oh, but we Joey just saw him last weekend. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He, he opened up for uh, Priscilla. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's on the block tour. Yeah. 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 Man, he's awesome Dalton, man top notch dude and and we got he came out and played like four or five acoustic songs in the middle of our friday night set and then he played the tailgate on saturday i think frank ray played that as well and ella langley was there and she's incredible but yeah man, it was some of the <laughs> coolest i think luke like and cappy being like hey man this is what this life is like go experience it let's see kind of what happens. This will be good exposure for you through doing this video and just for you getting your stuff going and uh, getting out there, getting some shows, man. So yeah, top notch time. <laughs> At just, a, <laughs> just a, a, just a little bit more information about <laughs> Joey and I, for one, for one thing, we were at the, we were at the uh, country Superfest in Columbus, which was a stadium show, but it wasn't branded right. as, a stadium yeah, show. Yeah. So we we didn't get to catch you there, but we there for it was Jinx that night instead of Kojo. But Zach yeah. Brown was there. And I mean, it was one of the most, I mean, it, I've seen Luke 17, 18 times. Joey's up into probably the close to that. And that was one of the most amazing nights that we've ever been a part of. Man, I, mm-hmm. I saw all the promo for that. And I guess I think Corey Kent yeah. did the pre show for that. And I guess for what y'all got to see, like Denver. Seattle, Atlanta was like 50 to 53,000 people a night, and y'all were with like 62 or 63,000. So y'all got the biggest one of the bunch, I think, as far as people there. Yeah, Ohio, yeah. Ohio Stadium is – it's huge. It, it holds 100-some thousand if they – you know, when, whenever they pack them in for the football game. So it, it was – it was it was wild and you know I'm, it was at the end of the show when when Luke brought Addie out, the girl that had been battling 
cancer. Yeah, that, yeah. that was one of, if not the most like powerful moments that I've ever been to at a show. So that was, it was pretty, pretty amazing. Man, dude, that mm. gives me chills. Like I remember just seeing the the social media posts and that video kind of go viral that next morning. And I was like, God, that's what it's all about. I'm so happy my buddy's doing this and people get to see like what he's all about. Like you couldn't want to support a better dude than, than him bringing stuff like that to the light and just helping regular people out. It's awesome. Absolutely. When you're standing there on a Friday night before a stadium show and you're hanging out with all these people and you're making music and, you know, Luke's getting ready to do a stadium show. When you look back at, you know, at how you guys started and the videos and the music and stuff, I mean, does it seem real or does it seem like, like a dream? Dude, that's, dude, I wake up every day of my life. I mean, there's obviously highs and lows of, of anyone's life and the things you go through of as far as stressors and stuff. But at the end of the day, I think being grounded through like really just being like a Christian dude, like people believe what they want to believe, but it always goes back to that for me of like, man, I just had this opportunity to at least be a human and have an opportunity on earth to live and do my thing. And I look back even more at like the whole life of what I get to do now from always loving music, from getting into rock music to getting into Eric Church to playing with my first little band to playing with Luke and doing a duo thing with him to like us playing with the first Luke Combs band and doing like that first EP or two. And then, man, just seeing him in a stadium now. And like even over the past years, it's like you would be starstruck at this person. Like if that was your Eric Church or your Brentley Gilbert or whatever is like a 20 year old. But now I want to like would stress that to regular people that they're just normal people that do the same things like everybody else. And it's just unimaginable to think about as like I think I have the like the passenger seat view to see like my buddy Luke doing his thing. And it's like just honestly just fuels me and gives me fire to know that like. I think I'm here on earth to tell people that they can do anything they want to do. Like if it's music, cool. If it's like, I don't know, welding, that's cool, but you can do anything you want to do. If Luke Combs can do it and put his mind to it from where he was in college to like not knowing really how to play guitar when we met hardly to where he's at now, as far as a songwriter, a human, a dad, a father. I mean, I, yeah, dad, father, a husband. I mean, it goes on and on, but that's all related to it's a God's plan, God's gift, God's timing kind of thing for me to look at it and try to relay that to other people that keep going, keep trying, doesn't matter how old you are, because that's all I've been living by and what people keep telling me. So we're going to keep doing it, man. <laughs> that's right, man. That's the mindset to keep for sure. I might have just rambled right there, but that was nah, man. Nah, true love emotion it. coming out here. No, that's that's great advice for anybody that is chasing a dream or a goal, man. You can't give up. But with all the Luke stuff being said, you were a part of the doing this video, which was really cool. That was a, a great yeah. way that they kind of painted a picture of your story and everything. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah. I'll, so I guess uh, I was going to go record in Nashville and I had like two or three songs and that I still have them and I think they're good songs. But I ended up pulling the trigger a week or two before. And just being like, I don't know if I want to spend all this money for something that I don't know if I really like or if it's the right thing that I should be doing right now. So I literally just texted or called Luke 
was like, Hey man, I was supposed to come record this week, but I'm not going to do it. And he was like, immediately, he was just like, Hey man, I actually got two days off and you should come hang out at my house. This was last October. So doing this came out November 10th, I believe last year. So we hung out in October, just like went and fished at his pond and chilled and talked about life and literally just took it back to old times and talked about what I'm doing in life and all this kind of thing. But I guess two weeks later, I get a call from Sony and, and TA Films. It was TA Films who's always done all of Luke's videos. And we went to Appalachian State with Aaron Connor, who's a part of this crew. And that's Tyler Adams. He keeps it pretty local around North Carolina. But anyways, I get a call from them like, hey, man, we have this idea from Luke and Sony as far as like putting this doing the, they didn't even say the song. They didn't send it to me. They were like, we want to do a music video with you and your family. If y'all want to, would like to, to be a part of it. So I immediately was like, of course, it would be awesome. So I think a day or two before I text TA films and I was like, Hey, what song like, are y'all going to send me a song? <laughs> and so they, he was like, don't share this with anybody. This is confidential. Like I get it. So they had sent it to me. And it was doing the song that Luke had already showed it to me maybe six months before that or a year ago at some point when they had written that over maybe over COVID or whatever. I can't remember. Maybe it was before that. But anyways, they come out to our house, do the video with my wife. This is my I'm in the house right now that we did it in still, but it's uh, the kitchen upstairs and the living room and. That was like my daughter, Lily, her hair's grown so much since then. Like she's, you wouldn't recognize her from the video till now. Cause she looks like a little full blown girl now, which is crazy. But uh, it's uh, <laughs> that video, I guess, going back to like the scenes you see of, of me playing on stage. At, that's at Kid Brewer Stadium and Boone at Appalachian State's football field. And that footage was recorded back in September, 2021. So, uh, I think that's kind of how it was just a perfectly placed picture of everything. And even through not even my life, but Luke's life of like showing this, doing this thing. Cause even though I'm the guy in my hometown with a family now and had a, like he'd had a wife too, but I guess me having a daughter, it's like, I'm just, I'd still be doing this if I wasn't doing it with my old band and doesn't matter for making 600 bucks tonight or two grand tonight, we're still playing. And uh, that's kind of rings true to Luke even more so. And and for me, I mean, it's just the the way people do it. And it's so relatable. And it's, I don't know, I'm rambling now, but it's it means the world to me to be a part of that. And it's cool for Luke, too, to see his dreams come true through that song and the writers as well on it. What, what was the reaction like back home and just with, you know, people reaching out to you and stuff after after the video came out? <laughs> Dude, I guess what was crazy, they dropped it at the CMA Awards. He played that song. I think they dropped the video. I don't know if it was on mistake or it was on purpose, but it was like 10 minutes before he went on and played doing this on the CMA Awards last November. And he and I started immediately getting texts and texts and texts and calls and texts. And it was like Instagram followers going up by double and like, a week and it was pretty crazy like it was interesting i guess to, to say the least i started getting hit up by like taste the country and the new york times and all these big publications and big 
outlet and just started doing interviews and started talking about Luke and my journey and who I am and all this stuff. And now you can Google my name and find out pretty accurately who I am. It's pretty crazy. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> That's wild. Yeah. That's pretty crazy but yeah it's it's what i don't know if i answered that question correctly but absolutely man yeah <laughs> definitely so i know a little bit ago you know before we talk about all this you had mentioned that you've got a ep and some more singles coming out can you give us or our listeners or some of your fans on here listening maybe oh, yeah. a time frame or anything or is it kind of under wraps right now or no i mean I, we're ready to roll with it like obviously we've had when like we've talked earlier that when the sun goes down was the first single matters more was the second single we're doing a collab with casey tyndall and she's literally incredible she's like the to laney wilson as i am to luke i guess in the game as far as being friends and on the realm nice. of like country music like cool. I wouldn't say totem pole or anything, but just like, yeah, drinking and lonely is our song that we have coming up. Um, but featuring Casey Tyndall, I wrote this with uh, Jacob Lutz, uh, my good buddy. Reed Isbell is on this, and Jamie Davis is on this. He's on the kind of love we make uh, with Reed and Dan Isbell. But um, yeah, drinking and lonely. Just got the master back today. Um, about three weeks out from now or so, we will drop that as a single with her. Um, and then there's three more songs coming out. One's called Poor Decisions, P-O-U-R, Poor Decisions. Um, <laughs> oh, I wrote that with, with Jamie Davis and Jacob Lutz. And then I did get to write a song with Luke and Dan and Jamie Davis. Dan, Dan Isbell, Jamie Davis, and Luke Combs. This one's called She Knows I Will kind of a secret kind of a surprise it's just going to be hidden like not even hidden but just on the ep not as a single just dropped like that and then lastly we got one called long shot and appalachian state small alma mater luke went there and it's just like this song kind of speaks to like or 2017 i moved to tennessee to chase a dream that they said i'd never catch that's the first line or two and nice. uh, talks about being a long shot, wrote it with Adam Craig, looked up to that guy for forever, wrote Church Pew or Barstool kind of town, Jason Aldean. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's incredible gosh, he, ride. What was yeah. the song that he had? Uh, was it Just a Phase from a couple of years ago? Yeah. And it's, I mean, it did well for oh, him, yeah. but that should have been a smash. Dude, I mean, that is such a good song. It got radio play. I feel it like did. It got, it's got yeah. like 18 million Spotify streams. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, it was big for him, but it should have been. I mean, that song was like incredible. Dude, yeah. Cr yeah, Adam Craig is top notch, dude. And he's I like, saw, I saw him open for Chris genius. Young. Um, oh, yeah. Right, right when that song was coming out. And he was awesome live, too. Dude, he's just like, I learn a lot from that dude. And I've written one of my other songs I've kind of held out. It's called Fan Like You, but it's like more of a song if I'm ever playing or opening for people in an arena or like that has a section 302. But it's like I wrote that with him, and he's just a good – we click pretty good. But, yeah, Adam Craig's on the Long Shot song with uh, Chris Utley, the guy that's recording all my music. He just signed with Sony Publishing, and he's a writer on that. And also my good buddy Jay Brunswick, he wrote uh, Always Been Me with Josh Thompson and um, has a lot of other cuts out there. But the Josh Thompson thing and me hanging out with 
with him, like when Eric was coming up, Josh Thompson was like opening for Eric a little bit with beer on the table oh, and all yeah. those, that whole album, I guess. But man, that was, uh, yeah, the long shot tune. That's kind of like our encore, kind of like the Hardy Jack, Hardy Mockingbird and the Crow kind of song that we got up our sleeve that brings out my Rocky kind of <laughs> modern 2000s rock side kind of hey man thing, hardy, so. hardy is pulling that off right now man he can flip from <laughs> he can go from about the hardest song you can ever imagine to straight right back in the country with without uh, blinking and people are loving it and i i think this just shows like that the lyrical genius and like whoever he's working with for producing that stuff is insanely cool well i can hear hardy stuff now and be like wow that's Three Days Grace or Seether from back when I was listening to music in high school. And it's like, that's what's bringing me back and gives me an outlet, I think, for my future music and stuff I want to do. And uh, I think a lot of my people that know me know I'm like that. But I don't know. It is what it is. Absolutely, man. (laughs) So what do you have anything on the calendar, you know, for the end of the year or maybe early next year for shows? Are you doing much traveling or is it just kind of back and forth to Nashville for now or? Yeah, and I know next week I'm doing an in the round podcast, not on the podcast, but in the round uh, showcase, like uh, for the riders round on Tuesday night. And they always have like very top notch riders that are out there doing their thing and artists out there like Casey Tyndall plays out there quite a bit and does that stuff. But um, I mean, November 17th, that's a Thursday Appalachian Theater. That's a huge hometown show for us. 629 capacity we're gonna sell that thing out it's gonna happen 15 dollars tickets hopefully if y'all are in boone or the surrounding area come on out tickets go on sale friday at 11 a.m i'll be posting all that on my socials like adam church music and instagram and all that um i guess another really cool show is uh cotton eyed joe is this place called or at this place called Cotton Eye Joe in Knoxville, Tennessee. And we're going to be opening for my good buddy, Hayden Kaufman. He's been a good buddy for a long time, and I support all his stuff. And Trey Lewis is the headliner. So uh, we'll be getting down in Dallas on November 18th. <laughs> that's going to be fun. Um, oh, that's, uh, I guess, Sidetracks, November 23rd, Bristol, Tennessee. That's a cool cool little joint to play with our band and oh man i'm a, i'm only about two and a half hours from bristol so oh no I'm, way yeah if i'm free that night i'll 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 bounce down there i, I go dude, to bristol quite a bit dude i'll get you in for free and uh there's probably going to be people smoking a couple cigarettes in the green room which is outside <laughs> there's no green room there it's just uh, it's just it's our cup of tea as far as the venue and our kind of crowd it's awesome that's cool man okay man well, Adam, thanks so much again, man, for coming on and talking with us tonight. We really appreciate it. It's been fun, man. Dude, I appreciate y'all having me. And anytime y'all want to get up again, we'll we'll chat about anything, the new EP, whatever, and just lead on into next year. And I'll, I'll be here for y'all anytime. Always Absolutely. Supporting the cause, guys, for sure. Yeah, right back at yeah, you, man. man. Definitely keep us in the loop when that's going to drop and everything. And we'll share that out. And for those of you listening, definitely go check out Adam's current music he's got out. Amazing stuff. You guys will love it. And you can find them on all social media platforms. Just search Adam Church Music. And while you're at it, if you're new here, check us out. You can find us at Country Convos pretty much anywhere you can uh, be on social media these days. So <laughs> go check us out. But 
I think that's going to do it. Do you guys have any final thoughts, final words? Country combos for the win. That's all I got to say. <laughs> Thanks, man. Thanks, hey, man. Yeah, thank you, man. And on that note, guys, until <laughs> next time, keep it country and take care of each other.